Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. This is your host, Petey Steele. And your co-host, Elena Torres. Uh, we're here today. I'm coming to you with this weird angle from my iPad because my internet went out an hour ago. So this is where we are. Uh, but today we have a guest. Let me tell you something about this guest. I had heard about this guest for a long time, but I only met him recently. And you know, you meet a lot of people in comedy, especially people who book you on a show and like their energy is just kind of like you're lucky to be here and they're not that enthusiastic, you know? And this next guy was one of the more enthusiastic people I met. Uh, not only super funny, but super appreciative of ever being, everybody being funny on his show. So we're so excited to have him on. Please welcome Todd Fleming. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Thank you guys for having me, man. And that means a lot, Elaine. I appreciate it. It's true. It's true. You know, you don't mean a lot. Of, you don't mean a lot of people in comedy who are, you know, just sort of like happy, happy to be there. And it's a passion for everybody. You know what I mean? Mm. Which is the funny thing is like, you don't yeah. meet a lot of comics who are like, who seem excited to do yeah. comedy. Isn't that so weird? Yeah, it is. It is. I, I think so many people are just so jaded. Like they just get so like, Right. And it's like we're doing something that we like to do. Like, I don't, you know, maybe if I took it more seriously, then I'd be better. But um, <laughs> but I'm just really like, oh, man, I'm out the house, whatever. It's cool. So, um, yeah. So well, did you I just start comedy great. to get out the house? I mean, like, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a funny story. So I was at a show and um, it was uh, it was one of uh, Dave Schofer's shows back in the day. Yeah. Wow. I was just there and my buddy went up to Dave and he was like, he was like, man, my boy could do this. Right. And I was just like, whoa, whoa why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? And he was like, nah, man. He was like, and, and Dave was like, well, it's kind of tough. And, you know, it's not as easy. <laughs> and uh, he, he was like, if you want a shot, come back next Wednesday and I'll put you up. And he put me up and I did well. And then it was just, I just started going from there. Um, was that Sonoma's? Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. Columbia, Maryland. Yeah, is that where you're still there? Yeah, that's where I'm from, and that's where I am now. Like I've I've bounced around a couple places, but I'm I'm back here now. Um, so, um, I don't have any complaints. And uh, wow, uh, Sonoma's still there. Sonoma's is still there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah. I just they saw good food, but you know, other than that, I didn't think they had like any other stream of revenue. I don't know how they do it, but somehow they do it. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be like just a front for the mob. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on. I've thought it. that because it's in that big shopping mall and there's like nobody else patronizing any of the other stores. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting spot. Uh, and how long have you been doing comedy now? Uh, I want to say this is year 10, actually. Um, year 10. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and it's weird. I mean, I count last year, even though I wasn't really doing comedy last year. Right. I know a lot of people are like, I'm not even counting last year, but, you know, yeah. I say it years. both ways. I say like this much counting the pandemic, this much not counting yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. And over 10 years, especially like, you're a producer now too. If somebody mm-hmm. young who just started doing comedy asked you, like, what's the most valuable lesson you've learned in that time? Because mm-hmm. 10 years is no joke. What do you think yeah. it is? The most valuable lesson? Um, 
I would say, and it honestly kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, like don't burn bridges. I mean, yeah, I do my best to stay out of the drama because there's all this like comedy drama all the time. And people are like, oh, haven't you heard about such and such? I'm like, no, I haven't heard about that. Like, I don't, I'm, you know, and if I do hear about it, I don't really care. Um, so, I mean, if, if, if I tried to like be involved in which comedians didn't like each other and all of that kind of stuff, it would just be too much. So I just try to go in, do my thing, be nice to people, um, and then hope that, you know, they appreciate it and they can, you know, we can give each other opportunities. And cause I, I feel like there's enough to eat. Like there's enough shows now and there's enough venues and promoters and producers where it's like, you don't really have to dog everybody to, to get on. You can just kind of get on on your own. So that that would be my, I think, advice to a young comic coming through. Yeah, and I think that's good advice too because I've seen it a lot of times. There's also, you know, you might be not that cool to someone that you don't think is funny and uh, you've been doing it 10 years. I haven't yeah. been doing it as long as you, but even in the amount of time I've been doing comedy, I've noticed like people who were not funny. Yes, People who were not funny and where you're like, why are you here? Yeah. And then suddenly they get really funny. Yes. That that's happened to me several times where I'm like, oh, one of us right. has been working. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, th this is not this is not an example of that. But um, um, because this guy was always funny. But uh, the last time I did a show in D.C. with uh, that had. um my buddy Dylan Meyer on it. I was, uh -huh. I was just looking at him and I was going, Holy cow. Like I, I, I should have quit. Like, I don't <laughs> like <laughs> you're, you're killing now, you know? So, um, but yeah, there, there have been people that I've seen who I'm like, why is this person even doing it? And then yeah. they're just grinding every night and then they get, they get to where they want to go. So um, I agree. Yeah. And then how have you noticed the scene and so you you're in columbia but you do a lot of i'm assuming you do a lot of rooms in baltimore yeah yeah also. I, and how's that scene done with covid um most people I, I most of the places didn't really weren't really doing live shows for a while mm -hmm. um and i mean i i get out to open mics and stuff less than most people do you know what i mean yeah. i i kind of just try my stuff out whenever I get booked <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. I, I kind of I'll do like old material and then I'll try to put one or two new things into it every time mm -hmm. and so that way it's like I have stuff that I know people are gonna like and then I have stuff mm -hmm. that I'm not sure but you know um, mm -hmm. so all with the new yeah yeah I like that that's my approach to it I mean some people they come out and they just do all new stuff sometimes I don't really have that kind of uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't like that. But, yeah, that's uh, what Dion Cole was saying on some interview I watched earlier today. How he always does old with new, and that made yeah. me feel a little bit better about my approach because that's <laughs> kind of my approach too. Yeah. But sometimes I feel I lean on that too much, and I don't really explore the new as much as I need to do and take the risks. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, I feel like you have to be in a certain place to do that. I did that for the very first time where I did a set of all new stuff or at least for the first time in in a long time mm -hmm. probably a couple months ago where I did a full set of new yeah but I was in a place where like I'd done too many old sets in a row mm -hmm. and you have to really want it and I was like ready for the silence I also did it in a place in a show where I knew it like it was okay 
Because that's yeah. the other thing, right? Is like you work, you know, you can do all new stuff, and then the booker will be like, "Well, that's a bad comedian." Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's quite a risk when you do it like that. You know, right? Yeah. Right. So I feel like it's a lot of things have to come into play, but I feel like most most comics do it that way. Yeah. Most comics throw in the new jokes in between old jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it becomes a thing in some places. The one thing that's hard, it's like it's not like a weightlifting or an exercise regimen in that, you know, you can say, all right, today's arm day, today's chest day, today's leg day or whatever. You can say, all right, tonight's like new night, or maybe it's old and new, or maybe it's like we're spinning the classics, but then you got to get there and read the room. And then your whole fucking game plan might fly right out the window. You know, that's right. It's hard to keep that consistent. Yeah. Um, you know, I said last night I was going to do all new and then I got there and there's like eight people and I was like, all right, this is perfect for new. But then they weren't biting the new and I'm like, oh, shit, I got another like 10 minutes up here, you know, yeah. so I got to do some stuff to kind of win them back and then maybe try some new. And then I ended up just doing crowd work, one classic and I walked one table. <laughs> did you? I did. It was actually a very uh, it was it was a tough thing, though, because it, it was the train joke. OK, anybody who knows me knows that's usually my closer. And this group that was there knew somebody that, you know, I don't know when or where. And there was no way I would have known, but they took their own life at mm. some point in time. And they walked out and told the book and they're like, we didn't appreciate that joke. Um, oh really? You got a full-on. We're offended by like like trigger warning material thing. Yeah, happened. But but the guy was cool. He was like he told the booker like, hey, he didn't know, you know. So don't fault the comedian or anything. And then I felt like bad. Like if he'd been like, oh yeah, like call his job, cancel him, do this. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck that guy. But now I was like, all right, I get it. You know, you're allowed to have your fucking feelings, of course. Yeah. I mean. But there is no way I would have known. And I was like, man, I, I pray for that man's pain and his peace. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's weird because I've never felt quite like that after I've offended someone for a joke before. You know, yeah. I like, actually could sympathize a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My girlfriend crazy. was there. She's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you had feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't either, Petey. I, I had yeah, like you're like, you're like, with everybody except you, babe. <laughs> Todd, what do you think about offending people with your jokes? I mean, not your jokes in um, particular, but I mean, as a comedian. Like, I, it bothers me that people are so easily offended. But then again, like, like I've heard PD, whenever PD tells that joke, I, you know, I, I'm cracking up. But then again, and, and I've had people in my life who have been friends who have, gone out that way not necessarily on it with a train but you know what i mean who, but who have taken their life so it's not like it like it doesn't offend me right but if it offends somebody then but i don't even think you can approach comedy that way like i think you just try to say the stuff that's funny to you right. and the stuff that you think is going to be funny to a lot of other people and then just i mean you're going to lose some i mean I, every joke is not going to hit um with everybody but i've seen that joke kill so many places where it's just like well if you yeah. lose one table 
you know <laughs> it's like yeah you, you know, know sometimes yeah. you gotta break an egg to make an omelet you know yeah absolutely i've been making omelets off that jump for eight years now uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. um when when i when i when i touch on a little bit of like political stuff every now and then like you know what i mean i'll get some pushback but never like you know um usually i get the old woman who comes up to me at the end of the show and goes i just thought it was so nice how you didn't have to curse and you didn't have to talk about your your genitals the whole time. and i'm like oh thank you but then i'm like oh my god am i am i like the hacky like you know what I mean? like uh you know i mean maybe if i could get some corporate gigs i'd be like cool but um yeah so I, I, I don't think I'm necessarily a quote unquote offensive comedian, but it's just not my style. But, right. um, you know, do I have the ability to go there? I, I do, but it's just not kind of the way that I approach it. But um, to me, it's like, hey, everybody's going to like different stuff. Yeah. And you just got to write your stuff and do your thing and, you know, let True. the chips fall where they may. So. And it's funny you say that because I think it's a little bit with comics, like the grass is always greener. Like you're talking yeah. about that old lady coming up uh -huh. to you. And like, I've always, when I started comedy, I really, really wanted to be a clean comic. Uh -huh. Like really, I really wanted to. Cause I was, yeah. I just think it's so, I think it's so classy mm -hmm. to be a clean comic and like yeah. that you can find just like regular everyday stuff. That's yeah. funny. And I figured out within like, three weeks of doing comedy that that's just not part of my story yeah yeah and i'll like try to write that way for a little bit and it's just mm -hmm. not who i am as an artist yeah. and sometimes i'm like i wish the old lady would come up you know the old ladies <laughs> never come up to me and say that i do have <laughs> ladies come up to me after and like tell me about their sex lives and i'm like uh, I, that wasn't what i was going for but <laughs> thank you <laughs> You know, yeah. I will have like frustrated housewives come up to me and be like, I'm so glad you talked about that. Uh -huh. <laughs> but you yeah. know, it's great too. Like I'll have an old lady or somebody that I think is going to hate what I'm about to do come up to me after the joint and be like, yo, that was amazing. Like, I really appreciated that. And the other people, yeah, they're cool with it, but they're like, you know, whatever. Hats yeah. on the back. Yeah. And like, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's cool. Yeah, like um, the 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 room that you guys did, um, my my spot here in Columbia, like great room. Yeah, thank great. you. Um, there's a lady who her kids used to be like my summer campers, right? It was like three boys, okay. right? So one of them, it was his 18th birthday. So she's like, "Hey, I was wondering what I was gonna do for you know my son, and I think I'm gonna bring him to the comedy show, right? The 18 year old." So I'm like, "All right," I'm like. I'm like, I got to warn you, like, you know, the show is R rated, you know what I mean? And uh, she's like, oh, I'm not worried about that. Kids nowadays hear everything. Right. So I get to the show. She's not only there with him, but she's there with like the 15 year old and like the 13 year old, too. And like her parents and like her husband. And I'm like, so there's like an eight top sitting right next to the stage. And I'm like, oh, boy. Um, and they heard some of the most outlandish stuff the whole night. They were dying laughing. They loved it. She was like, take pictures with Mr. Todd. You know what I mean? But it was just like, I, I thought they might be offended and they just had a ball. So, um, and I told him, I was like, the, you know, the, the dinner table is going to be a little weird probably uh, tomorrow, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but whatever, like she was like, we'll be back. You know, I was like, bet. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you, you don't ever really know, 
you know? It's true. It's true. <laughs> like I, I'm right. I think, no, I, I was featuring, I was mm-hmm. featuring once and I got a text from my husband being like, Oh, my boss just told me that he was at your show. <laughs> my husband's boss. <laughs> And I thought to myself, I was like, I think I'm good because I, I didn't, I don't think I told like that many of like the hard ones. Uh-huh. And yeah. so I got off stage, like when the show was done, I got off stage and I went to go see him and he was like, I've done cocaine off toilet seats too. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> you were like, yes. I was like, okay, well, I'm glad that went over well. Uh-huh. Uh, because that was really touch and go there. And I totally forgot. That yeah. I did that joke. But uh, yeah. Yeah. When I was, when I, I was, know. no, I, I was teaching in Baltimore city and the principal of my school was at a show that I was, that it was about to start. And she was eating dinner with like another, like, you know, high up person on the school board or something. And I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Right. And uh, they, they were just eating dinner and they actually ended up leaving before the show started and i was like thank god because <laughs> i didn't yeah. know i was like i was like this is my current boss you know what i mean um but uh and i bombed that night it was it was awful that's 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 a, that's a story for another time though <laughs> um but uh yeah i was i was a little nervous i was like oh man, I don't know. that's lucky so wait you're yeah. you're a school teacher yeah yeah oh cool what do you teach I teach PE. I'm a PE teacher. I got oh, the, uh, hey. <laughs> Blow I the, whistle. Wear the shorts and the polos every day. So <laughs> right. do they in PE, do they still do that? Uh, I remember because I went to an to the American school in Mexico city for one year. Uh-huh. And I remember there's this thing that where you have to like run the mile and you have to, there's like a bunch of stuff that you have to do. It's some yeah. like PE the pre- test. The, do they still the, do that? Yeah. So that's the uh, presidential fitness test. Um, it's it's no longer a requirement, but it's it's optional. So some some teachers do it, some teachers don't. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I hated it. Did that. Trump being elected kind of bury the presidential fitness test? Like, <laughs> take a fucking third look, guy. You know. <laughs> that might have been it. Like that might have been the thing that buried the hatchet. But um, yeah, like I don't I don't do it. I don't make kids do it. But some people are very traditional and they want to do it. So I'm like, whatever. Do you, do you use a whistle to get your point across? Uh, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a big part of being a PE teacher is being yeah, able you to do. express yourself via whistle. <laughs> you gotta oh, a whistle. I bet you look hot with a whistle. Oh man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm one of the hottest whistle uh, users. Right. Dude, you probably wear like those short, like old Porky's gym shorts or whatever. Yeah. I wear the bike. The V-neck joint. Bike brand. Uh-huh. Yeah. You look like one of the guys in the Commodores video from 82, (laughs) lady. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had, uh, well, I I played football in high school and stuff. I played a couple of sports and Mm -hmm. I just think about the stuff that like the coaches would do that they would never be allowed to do like in 2021, like... (laughs) Like I specifically remember my, my coach used to wear those tight bike shorts, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. this one practice, one of my teammates kept jumping off sides and the coach said such and such for the rest of practice, you're my bitch. And he literally made him put his hand 
in his back pocket and follow him around for like 15 minutes with his hand on the coach's butt. <laughs> and I was like, Gee. like you'd be on the news right now if you did that. Like, oh my <laughs> god, that guy would be in jail now. Yeah, yeah. If he did that. And yeah, that I mean, like I think back stuff. of it too, like high school football. I remember one that we were doing two a days. Uh-huh. And there was this one kid that was like 350 pounds, you know, mm-hmm. the slowest guy, lagging and everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the coach would pull the whistle, say, everybody get out the locker room. We're going, we're doing mountain climbers or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's going to be fucking two more mountain climbers for every kid that's left in that locker room or whatever. And then he's like, and if that fat kid's in there, you're all doing 50. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And nowadays, forget it. On so many levels, that yeah. would be like hazing, yeah. fat shaming, you know, body negativity. I've never uh-huh. phrased it like that, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Maybe chance of dying of heat stroke. Who the uh-huh. fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. They did not care. They, I mean, they would tell us like, "Water's for you know, water's for." for wimps and you know sissies and we were like what it's 97 degrees out here uh but uh yeah yeah they they didn't care they didn't care Uh. yeah what they were i feel like when we were growing i was so glad i didn't grow up in the u.s because Mm -hmm. whenever i would come here and like what i would see with like the sports culture in the u.s like Mm -hmm. just for our generation sort of growing up i mean if you weren't good at sports in america like you were worthless, which I always thought was so fun. Like, like you, like, I remember that presidential fitness test in PE was like super traumatizing for me (laughs) because I was horribly unathletic growing up, especially from like fifth grade to about ninth grade. I was also like overweight, like puberty hit me really hard. That's why I'm funny. And, and so I just, I just had like, you know, I was always like last in the line and that test, I remember like the PE teachers would just push. I'd be like, I, I can't run this mile. Like, just mm. let me walk it. Like I just couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. And then, and they just didn't give a fuck. It was like being inclusive or like, we appreciate your abilities. It was just like, <laughs> you suck. Yeah. Yeah. If you oh, can't climb this rope, like yeah. life is not going to work out for you. <laughs> If you can't climb that rope. If you can't climb that fucking rope. And like, yeah, I'll be honest. I still have like that internal masculinity about me when I deal with people. I mean, it, I'm shedding layers of it or whatever as I yeah. get older. But sometimes, you know, I'll see some comic bombing like 15 mics in a row. And I'm like, you know, you would never try to lace up your shoes at the Rucker more than one time if you perform as badly at fucking basketball as you uh, do at comedy. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a very, very high pressure here. I'm so glad I didn't have to do I feel like I would be, maybe I would be a better comic now because I would have probably gotten bullied and stuff. But like, I stopped <laughs> going to PE at mm-hmm. some point in high school. I just didn't go. Yeah. And my school was kind of like, well, we have to pass her and it's just PE. Yeah. But I yeah. just stopped going. And uh-huh. you can't do that now. Don't they have to do PE for like six hours at school here? They do? Uh, what Something is it? like uh, that. It's, it's like a, a couple hours a week. I should know this, right? Um, but <laughs> How many classes do you teach a day, Todd? Is it like one or two? No, or two? I have I have like <laughs> seven. seven. I, I have a lot of classes every day. Like uh, 
So I'm, I'm at the most overcrowded school in Prince George's County. So we have like, we have like just a ton of students. Like there's teachers who teach like in book closets and like in the hallway, like it's, it's insane. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, so nah, we, we, I'd have like classes like boom, 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 like all day, but I'm done by like two 30. (laughs) So I'm happy about that. That's nice. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah. That's nice. Wow. That's crazy about the, that the school is so crowded. It's just the area. Yeah. That area thing. Yeah. And there's like four schools that are like right within like a two or three block radius. And they're all, I mean, ours is the most crowded, but they all have a ton of kids. So it's, uh, it's wild, but the kids are awesome. Their, their parents are great. So I really can't complain. This was my first year there. So. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, what it, I need to just tap this switch real quick. So, cause my battery's dying, but I'll be okay. Like, tap ahead. it. Tap it. Okay. Um, yeah. PE. What a thing that was. What an ordeal. Uh-huh. And I'm in so elementary glad I school, it was the most fun class, but we only had it twice a week. Yeah. I hated PE. Always. Really? Because oh, I, when you were I young? was so bad at it. Uh-huh. I, like with that, the rope. I mean, like I couldn't. Dodgeball? No, none of that. Like, oh. like the rope. I, I was always eliminated in dodgeball really fast. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen that Friends episode where they play football. Uh, I never it's watched like a Thanksgiving. Friends. It's a Thanksgiving episode. Basically, like in that episode, they tell Rachel Jennifer Aniston's character to just go long uh-huh. every play. That is like the story of my life of sports growing up. <laughs> just Elena, just go long. Just get out of here. Like last to be picked. Just just go over there and play defense. That's why I just stopped going. And like the PE teachers were kind of like, that's cool. <laughs> well, what we just don't need it's it's weird because like my mom was my mom wasn't athletic. So she would always right. tell us, like, oh, I used to always get picked last. And they probably told her to go long, you know. And right. the rest of us, like, we were all athletic. <laughs> so we would all laugh at her. Like, me and my dad were like, we got picked first, like all the time. Um and she was like, oh, my gosh, I never I couldn't hit a baseball like she, you know, but uh, so all of my athletic ability came from from guess, your dad. What yeah. what sports did you play growing up? So as a kid, I played baseball and basketball and football. And then like high school, I played um, football, baseball, ran track and wow. got some state championship titles and stuff like that from a couple of those sports. So I I, I was actually pretty I had a pretty good experience playing sports um and learn so you a lot. like so you like your job basically it's yeah you know yeah that's great yeah so that's great would you give it up for comedy if you like you know oh yeah Ooh, good question okay. oh in a you heartbeat would? yeah I, <laughs> I i don't i so i never thought i was going to be a teacher it just kind of like happened right um you know when i graduated from college i came out and i didn't know what i was going to do um so I started substitute teaching and then people were like, you're really good at that. And then I just was mm-hmm. like, well, I guess I'll do this. Um, so it's kind of the story of my life. I don't really plan too well. Um, and uh, I, uh, Is that how comedy happened? You were just kind of. <laughs> I was just there. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, like I, I had always been like the class clown and everything. Right. And I could always do voices and different stuff like that. So 
you know, people would always be like, man, you should be a comedian. You should be a comedian. And I knew like, if I never did it, I would, I would always regret it. So I was like, I can't do that. Um, so I gave it a whirl and it's gone pretty good, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. But yeah, yeah comedy is funny like that. Like I remember mm-hmm. people would always say that people have been saying that to me forever, mm-hmm. but I was like, how do you even start doing and people be like, you should do stand up." And I was an actress forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do you even start doing stand up? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of a hard thing. It's like, even if you go to an open mic, you're kind of like, how do I, Yeah. what do I do with this? Is there, is there a guy I talked to? Like, what do I, how do right. I? <laughs> right. And you see it a lot. I feel like this is something I love watching new comics, just like tell the story that their friends think is so funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> that like the one time that all their friends were cracking up so hard and then uh-huh. they tell it at the mic and it eats shit. I think yeah. that's one of my passions in life. is like watching that disappointment yeah and it's always some dude and all his friends came to the show Mm -hmm. because it's a bringer spot yeah and he's so excited he's like this story crushes yeah you know at the cabin all his friends are like watch this motherfucker fuck this up now this is gonna be awesome he told the story the other day (laughs) with the stripper so funny and it just eats it it's uh-huh. like it really makes me happy. Yeah, that that happened to me in College Park. I was doing a show, and there was uh, I, I met these like three young guys outside, and the like the the friends were like, "Yo, our boys." They didn't they didn't know I was a comic, by the way. So I'm just uh-huh. standing like talking to these guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Our boy is so funny," and oh my god, like he's gonna da da da. And then the, the guy was up on stage, and he was like trying to do his thing. And um, and his friends were like cracking up and then but it was it was clearly like an inside joke and his friends were like, oh, and like hardly anybody else was really feeling it. And the guy, you could tell he felt like he was killing. And Mm. then like he came off and then I was the person who was supposed to like close the show out as they like tabulated votes. It was a contest or something. And I went up. And I, I had like a really good set. And I remember like the looks on his friends' faces. They were like, <laughs> it was so, it was so like, cause they were like, oh, cause they, they just knew like their friend was the funniest. Right, human. right. They were like, oh, this is what he was supposed to be doing. Right, <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, hey, no, nah, man, your, your friend was good, man, you know? And they were just like, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't really seen, I had, never really saw him again uh but yeah well you never see them again that's what i love about it like usually (laughs) those guys never come back right yeah because they they're just like oh you know what i'm i'm like a comedian whenever Mm -hmm. i tell these stories with my buddies and then it doesn't go that way and the Uh ego yeah because the ego is so and the way the ego gets hit i just i love it (laughs) you know i don't love new comics who are like where it's like oh there's something there and they're gonna be around for a while that's always Uh like great another one (laughs) but no it's the ones who try it and like Mm -hmm. the disappointment that comes man man that fear is what stopped me from doing that for years because i toyed with the idea in my mind like i could do be a comic but then i'd kind of be like Nah, there's definitely a difference between being like street funny and stage funny. Yeah. And right. Yeah. I used I to think that give too. myself credit to where there is some overlap. It's just not a perfect overlap, you know? 
Yeah. And, but yeah, I always treated it kind of the same way you were all were talking about in so far as like you do this open mic and you're kind of like, all right, that's great. But uh, is this a conduit to like the improv? No, the fuck it's not. There's no way like this leads anywhere. This is out like nowhere. Then you find out it's actually a bigger building block than you think, you know, mm, like someone yeah. sees it, knows another room. And before yeah. you know it, you're meeting a couple bookers and then pow, yeah. it's it's weird like that, you know, it, 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 it's not like a direct linear path in this right. game. Right. Unlike a lot of these other things that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Al- almost every gig I've ever gotten has been while I was at another one, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. Or, or, yeah. or from somebody who was at one who was like, yo man, you want to come do my show? Oh yeah. 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 Oh. And so like when I, when I would go through phases where I wasn't really into it and I was just like, doing life and like uh, i don't feel like going out tonight. um mm-hmm. that's when like i wasn't getting gigs and then mm-hmm. as soon as i would pop back up and start doing gigs and people would be like hey man you want to do my thing on thursday hey come do my thing on monday and it's just like a snowball effect but that's why you gotta you gotta just keep doing it um, we're seeing a lot more of that now that yeah. it's back open again and there's yeah. not quite as many people doing it, but there's enough mm-hmm. where everybody's got their eyes and ears open and they're looking yeah. to build the next show they can make a buck off of. So yeah. if you're out there and you're like, you know, halfway decent, you get more bookings. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a funny, it's, I mean, that's one of the things I love most about the art form probably mm-hmm. is that it's like so organic that way. You know, yeah. whereas like with acting, there's so many gatekeepers. Mm, yeah. There's so many like it's hard and act like you. It's hard in acting to just get the opportunity to do acting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And in comedy, yeah. it's just sort of like if you're good, you 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 don't need like re- you don't need some agent to get you in the door. You don't need research. Right. You don't need to have like you just can go to open mics and like mm-hmm. from there get shows and just by doing it. Yeah absolutely create a network instead of instead of sitting around and waiting for people to call you that's actually probably one of the things i love most about it uh-huh and one of the things actually like when i first my first real uh mic that i ever did in dc i got off stage and i was angry i got off stage because i was like i should have been doing this the whole fucking time oh wow i was like because i knew and i and i'd worked enough in entertainment where uh-huh. i was like it's going to take a really long time and be a fucking grind. I'm going to have to do all the shit I just did all over again when I should have just done this. Yeah. 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 No, really. And you know, it, you it's know? interesting, Elena, you bring that up because I didn't really consider that in terms of acting. I mean, I hear about these gatekeepers and such and then earlier today I was reading this, new book i'm like broadening my mind it's a thing Mm. actually about like sexual assault and accountability it's called Mm. citadels of pride very good it's by this u of chicago law professor but what she's talking about in some of the chapters is how like in the entertainment industry and she covers like acting she touches a little upon comedy but then she talks about like films and everything and how there's this progression of gatekeepers that make it really difficult the higher up you go in certain things where like competencies are demanded so that like you know predatory people or bad actors can get away with shit a lot more because they're like unlike comedy where you have like 
all these realizable roles where a lot of people can learn how to do act outs or a lot of people can learn how to do like, you know, just a mediocre job where it can, you know, contrast it with an actor where you actually have to have really good, proficient, trained people. And then you go even higher up into the echelons of like ballet or like classical or opera. It's like try to find some guy to replace the scumbag who can sing that wild arietta. You know, if you don't know them exact notes, your ass is history, Jack. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how virtuous you are. The only thing counts in this life side on the line that's dotted. You know, so it kind of enables that sort of fuckery to persist, you know, yeah. as you go up different dominance hierarchies. It's really interesting. I hadn't really considered. Really? Does it. she say, does she, do you think, do you think acting's above comedy? Because let me tell you something, having done acting for as long as I have, I mean, I still do it, but right. for as long as I did is people who can't act get jobs 50% of the time or more. And in comedy, that doesn't happen. That's another thing I love in the comparison of the two is like, mm -hmm. you can't be somebody's kid and headline. Right. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't fake headlining. Like yeah. you can be somebody's kid or you can suck a dick and you can star in a movie. No problem. Happens mm -hmm. all the time. Like, I, it's you know, really I, easy. I, it's really acting one is not that hard. And you're so it's hard to do like, you know, to play the Joker when you're Joaqu Joaquin Phoenix, but like basic acting, most roles that are out there, it's not that hard. Yeah. And, and that's, and it's so padded for you. Like the director's there to do it as many times as you want to get it right. You know, everybody's right. there to help you get it right. And mm -hmm. in comedy, it's like, you don't get it right. That's on you. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. And I have said that in the past that I think, you know, like, like comics to comedic actors are kind of like what cabinet makers are to carpenters. You know, like a cabinet yeah. maker can build a back deck, but a carpenter can't lacquer and like engrave a fucking That's cabinet right. necessarily. That's, That's a very specialized thing. I think, and the lady said that in this book in regards to acting, that there are actually thousands of realizable roles. She didn't really speak too much about comedy insofar as if that's more difficult, right. but I agree it is. But then again, there's also people, okay, that get into comedy through acting. They get some comedic actor role and then they start yeah. headlining them because their name will still sell tickets. So I'm a yeah. little torn with that one, you know? Well, Even if they're no fucking often, good. Because most of those people just can't fill an hour. Like right. there's just really not that many comedic actors that are touring comics because they cannot do it. Mm -hmm. Like you just cannot fake it. Like, and as somebody who who came from one, from one dis of these disciplines to the other one, I mean, they're also so different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see a lot of actors in LA will like try stand up at the comedy store one day and then never do it again because of the same thing we're talking about with the new comics. It's just like, you cannot fake it. Like, oh, that was hard. And, yeah, was... and most most TV roles, especially roles for women, it's a lot of, like, looking hot and standing there. Like, it's really, the, it's really not, it's not that hard. Yeah. You know? Makes me want to go but, act. I need to go audition for something. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, this whole time, well, I thought it was hard. hard. <laughs> the hard part, it's not that hard. Yeah. It's really not that hard. Especially if you do stand-up, mm -hmm. you can yeah. Everybody who can do stand-up is a lot harder than acting. And uh -huh. 
you just need if you have like the right director and like you know i've helped comics with like auditions before and mm-hmm. who've never acted and you just tell them like two things and they're really good you just uh-huh. give them you just give them like two quick notes and they're like oh okay because yeah. it's so much harder yeah i used to do little stuff back in the like gosh 15 years ago almost um but like i was in a movie called uh, a prince among slaves and it mm-hmm. was uh it was a bill duke bill duke was the director and uh, it was a documentary film, but it was narrated by Most Deaf. And oh, cool. uh, yeah, so like I had like one speaking part in the in the movie, um, and it was re- it was it was a funny little. Um, well, I guess I'll tell y'all. So uh, <laughs> so there was this scene where like I was I was the slave, and like the the main character had just come to the plantation, right? So I I spoke his native tongue because we came from the same like tribe or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they told me to basically tell him what, you know, they, they, they wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just so Bill Duke comes over and he goes, he goes, how you doing, Bill Duke? And he's like six, seven, you know. Oh, and, really? Um, wow. Yeah. Bill Duke is really tall. And um, he was like, so um, in this part of Africa, they would have spoken with a lot of um like M words, they would have used a lot of M words. And, you know, so he was like, just, you know, see what you can do. So they're like action. And I'm like, mama and I just start talking, like just made up. I just made it all up. Right. Yeah. So they're like, cut. They're like, that was excellent. They did one take. Yeah. Right. So, and I'm, I'm bullshitting the whole time. Right. I'm just making it up. So I'm on my way back to the hotel and there's like a shuttle, to, shuttle to take me back to the hotel. So there were these two, like, hillbilly country guys who were like the um the horse wranglers for the scene mm-hmm. and they were like hey man <laughs> what would you say over there in that last scene we just seen you what'd you say over there and uh and i was like uh i was like Mingue, and i tried to recreate it and uh they were like what what does that mean and i was like i don't know i just made it up and they were like oh man, he just made it up so they're like, they're like hitting each other. So I'm walking away and I'm about to get on the shuttle and I hear one, I'm going, Ming bow, boom, boom, and he's like trying to do it. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, I think I just like set like my wow. race back like 50 years just now. <laughs> Cause these dudes wow. were like, oh man, this is what <laughs> they were so like, they loved it. They thought it was the, the coolest thing, but literally I made it up and I was like, oh, is that what acting is? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But it's like when I'm trying, I can't do it. But if, if I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to make it up. Sometimes it works. So uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Like that's that's what I learned in years of acting school is just like, uh-huh. oh, when you just. Try less and like mm-hmm. eat, like having your lines for too long doesn't work. It gets too robotic. Yeah. Like uh-huh. it's just sort of like try less and. Mm-hmm be some sort of like unpracticed version of yourself that it comes out really good that's why a lot of actors are stupid because because if you're not doing a lot of thinking a lot of the time it comes out good it's Mm -hmm. you're just parroting stuff huh unless you're doing like i feel like unless you're joaquin phoenix and the joker and you're doing like roles like that like that requires like a lot of thinking but like to get roles on that level there's like you know three percent of actors get that i mean most of it is just this is easy mm-hmm. she said as she didn't book an audition for <laughs> <laughs> she's like oh it's easy it's easy 
well meryl uh yeah <laughs> yeah and she said she didn't book an audition for like four years no, uh that's that's how it is with me in comedy too like you know mm -hmm. people be like man how do you do it i'm like oh man it's, it's like man what you do out there is is crazy i can never do that it's brave and i'm like oh, it ain't even that it, it ain't even that hard and then i go out and i'm like terrible for like 10 minutes i'm like you know what i don't i'm not gonna do this comedy's anymore. hard <laughs> i mean comedy comedy's hard uh like you can have the same comedy is like you you can have the same set and we've all been here before you can mm -hmm. do it Back to back on the same night. Yep. yep. The same. You do it the same way, and mm -hmm. it can eat shit yeah. and crush within like in the same hour. Yeah, yeah. I, I went. Uh, me, me, and uh, Mike Moran. We went to we went to three mics one night, and like just different spots in Baltimore, and like first one good, second one terrible, third one eh, and it was just like, and it was. And I was literally basically doing the same set. Like I, I would always try yeah. to do, you know, like I said, a little, a little something different, but for the most part, it was like my same go-to, you know, Petey could probably repeat my act backwards and forwards, but it's just like, you don't know, you don't know, different. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Like the last time, last time I went to New York, mm -hmm. you know, I did six sets and it was two, two and two, two mm -hmm. were outstanding. And they were all, it was all sort of like the same. Mm -hmm. Two were outstanding. Two, I said, were like bass hits, mm -hmm. and two, I ate shit. It's just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way it goes. I feel like there sometimes, is. like it, it can be other things, but I feel like sometimes it's just like the energy that you bring into yeah. the performance, and yeah. whether or not that energy is gonna connect with the audience. That's right. Um, because it's not like it's not one of those things where you go, oh, the audience, the crowd sucked. You know, it's like, well, they just they just didn't connect to what you were putting out there that that's time, right. you know? Um, that's, that's why I like hosting a lot because I feel like my job is like, my primary role is to like increase the level of like the energy level in the room yeah. and, well, and just allow yeah. the comics who are coming up behind me to like, just feed off of that. Um, you take man, the I, first bullets. Yeah. 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 I'm glad but, you said that too, because mm -hmm. like I stopped, I made a decision to stop blaming the crowd if I do badly, probably yeah. like two, year, two years into comedy. Uh huh. That was like, the best comics change the room. Right. That's, wow. I've never heard it said like that. That's true. The best, yeah. You know, the best comics, like, doesn't matter. It's, it can be weird, but the best comics come in there and they mm -hmm. totally change the energy. So you can yeah. never no. blame no. the crowd. Nope. It's your job to figure out how to make that sea change. Absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. you gotta go in like Moses, holding your nutsack and big <laughs> scroll. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's how it was written, but but I mean, it was, you're close. I think you're. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I've I've had those times when it's just like, and 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 I would say that's one of the things that I didn't have when I started that I have a lot more of now is that ability to, to, to read the room and go, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to do this to get them. Mm -hmm. Cause they're not just going to take my regular, Hey guys, well, have you mm -hmm. seen this on the news? You know, uh, like I'm actually going to have to like pull something out, but then when you do it, it, the, the reward is so that much greater. Um, cause you're like, Oh, I actually earned that. Like, yep. mm -hmm. cause you can get on autopilot and I've done it. Like, 
you know, we're, for a year I'm doing the same set. <laughs> I'm just like, well, most of the people laugh when I do this, so I'll just do that. Yeah. And then it's like, nah, man, it's work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so and that's the other reason that it's cool to have like a, a consistent like room because now I'm forced to do different stuff every time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I only try to do like five minutes at the beginning. Cause I just, it's always been one of my pet peeves. Like when a host does like a half hour up front, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, hosts take note. Yeah. <laughs> That's just me. Like I, I, I don't, I literally am like, um, Hey, let me, let me say a couple of funny things and then be like, all right, y'all, you know, um, it's like a fun facilitator mm-hmm. uh, as much as it is a comic. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'll have people who don't really know comedy and they'll be like, so, so, I mean, are you gonna, are you ever gonna like do, do a set? And I'm like, well, I, well, I did, but like they, it's like they, yeah. they go, so you, so you're just hosting tonight. And I'm like, well, that also means that like, I, I actually am doing material too. And they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also a, a very important, difficult skill you guys yeah. hosting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And important, I think, for all comics to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Todd Fleming, you're hosting the most powerful room in Columbia, Maryland. <laughs> you got us coming out to feature headline, do our thing. Mm-hmm. What's next for you, my man? What, what are some goals? What are, what's the next part of the journey? So my goal now is to get back to being like being able to feature and, and, you know, cause I took, man, I took like a year and a half off at one point and not, not even during the pandemic. Like I just, I just wasn't going out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, now I'm just trying to be more deliberate about the way I put, put material together. Um, cause I get lazy. Like I'll just, you know, um, but, uh, you know, and and then really I'm just trying to keep, I'm trying to keep this room running and then maybe, maybe start up one or two more in the area. Um, like either on the, on the other Wednesday night that I don't do the one room. And, um, so I have a couple of like places that I'm targeting. They don't know it yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come at them. Um, and really just try to improve, man. Try to, try to see what I can parlay it into and, uh, you know, keep rolling let let the people know about what that room is that you have yes so um so next wednesday so we do it every other wednesday night um next wednesday uh july 28th it's uh it's in columbia maryland it's 8808 um center park drive uh columbia maryland 21045 um the show is eight dollars to get in uh the next headline i have is andy klein um so he's coming through and I'm, I'm booked through like October at the moment. Um, but of course, anytime y'all want to pop up, you can. Um, so, um, but yeah, man. So um, we got these lineups. Periodic table. Periodic table. Periodic it's table. a great show, you guys. If you Thank haven't you. been or if you're ever in that area, go. I just did it for the first time a couple weeks ago. It was so, so fun. Uh, check out Good the periodic food, table, you guys. Yeah. And the, the owner is awesome over there. Like he's been really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. The crowds have been awesome. People, people keep coming through. So mm-hmm. 
just going to try to keep selling out as many shows as we can and keep the, keep the ball rolling, man. Um, it's, it's tough in the summer. Sometimes it's sometimes being the summer, it helps. And then sometimes it hurts. So, Mm -hmm. um, but as for, as of right now, fingers crossed, things are going well. So. Fantastic. Where can people get it? You Todd. Uh, so people can find me, um, on Instagram, my, um, I'm Fox Fleming. Um, you can also go to at Todd Fleming comedy on Facebook. Um, and then, uh, or you could just like show up in my neighborhood and, and yell and, and I'll, uh, I'll come outside. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> run the fade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys can also see Todd on our show at Arlington Draft House on August 4th. Um, we are having comics that you guys have heard on here before, some that you haven't, uh, but we'll try to get them on. Uh, either way, it's going to be a great, great show. Uh, seven o'clock, August 4th. Come see everybody on this podcast. 10 bucks. Me, Petey, and Todd do some, do some performing. And it's never the same uh, with me and Petey. If you've been before, Petey and I host together. And that's all straight out the dome. So nope. there's nothing. You're going to see nothing that you saw at the last show you were at. That's right. That's dope. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, July 29th, I'll be in Pasadena, in the Dina. Um, I forget the name of the place, so uh, that's not great <laughs> self-promotion. But uh, <laughs> uh, Pasadena, so, Maryland, huh? Pasadena, Maryland. Yeah, uh, I don't see it, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take. Yeah, it I'm forgetting. I know I've done that room before. Yeah. So, so we do. So I, I do a lot of shows at Shooters sometimes. But I feel yeah. like it's not at shooters. I feel like it's at a different location. And uh, like I said, it's I should know it. Um, but uh, I don't know right now. But but go to ToddFleming.com. I'll post it on there. Uh, or um, uh, at, at Todd Fleming Comedy. I'm sorry, at Todd Fleming Comedy. Uh, or I'll have it on my Instagram, Fox Fleming. So you can find it that way. Fantastic. Great. Well, follow me and Elena Steelborn DC, Elena Blondita on Instagram, PD Steel, Elena Torres on Facebook, and Countercurrents DC on Instagram. And we'll have all right. kinds of updates and keep the party going. Yeah, we want to thank Todd for doing this with us today. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for having me. That was uh, quite thank an honor. Doing it. And quite an honor. Pleasure. take care of yourselves, everybody. All right, Jack. Right, guys. Peace. Bye. Peace.